on this week's episode of Marketing O'Clock. Our brains leave us as we talk about lots of new features and analytics for YouTube creators. The pandemic everyone's talking about. Stories are coming to Twitter and LinkedIn. We learn what kids today do when they're bored and why all the pink sprinkles went missing at Shep's ice cream stand. And Broadmatch takes us from shrimp to Chanel in less than a minute. Did Greg get kidnapped? Tune in to find out. All on today's show. Marketing O'Clock is your weekly dose of digital marketing news. A proud part of the Search Engine Journal Podcast Network. We record every week from the Cypress North Studios located in beautiful Buffalo, New York. Tune in to our critically acclaimed Famous Friday News Show for insights, updates, rants, and much more as we cover the full gamut of digital marketing for you. If you want to follow along, just check out our show notes or head over to marketingoclock.com for all of the links from today's articles. And please subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. Hey there. I'm Jess Budd. I'm Christine Zernheld, a.k.a. Shep. And I'm Mark Saltarelli. And it is officially Marketing O'Clock. Here on March 6th, 2020. Remember, you can catch our famous Friday news show each and every Friday morning. We read all the news. So you don't have to. And before we get into the news here, some housekeeping. As you heard, this is not Greg here with Shep and I. It's Mark. Welcome, Mark. Welcome. Hey, everybody. (laughs) Hey. So Greg is off cruising the some where is he i know he's not cruising on star trek ss star trek with danny (laughs) (laughs) which is really too bad two separate cruises (laughs) passing in the night (laughs) oh i love that well he is on a boat wherever he is and he'll be back next week but in the meantime we have mark here so what's going on with you guys i i have a thing this week okay and greg's not here to make fun of me but i hope he's listening because this is groundbreaking stuff i listened to my first ever start to finish front to back taylor swift album oh i already this week because i sent it to you yeah (laughs) i've never done that are you kidding no okay well lover's really good it is good yeah i so i've been a hater for like years right same give it a shot (laughs) give it a shot it was good i mean i wasn't like oh my god i love her so much but i was like okay i get it now like i there's is there like a believers of Swifties? swifties oh swifties okay i've never heard that yeah are you kidding? <laughs> no, I'm not kidding. <laughs> Is that embarrassing that I don't know that? Nope, they're Swifties. They're Swifties. Yeah, so I don't know if I would call myself a Swiftie, but Mark, I want you to listen to this album and report back. It's not bad. I haven't, I don't think I've listened to anything on it, except... Okay, this is out of control. Who are our sponsors? <laughs> I'm disappointed. <laughs> Don't be. This week's episode of Marketing O'Clock is brought to you by Hrefs. Whether you work for a big brand, run your own small business, or do freelance work, getting traffic to your website is always an issue. Hrefs is an all-in-one SEO tool set that solves that problem. It gives you the tools you need to rank your website in Google and get tons of search traffic. Want to learn more? Check out their blog or YouTube channel for step-by-step SEO tutorials. They have a seven-day trial for only $7. Head over to hrefs.com, ahrefs.com to sign up. And today's show is also sponsored by Optio. Optio helps Google Ads managers automate time-consuming manual tasks so they can spend more time on high-level strategy and creative work. Optimize accounts, monitor performance, track budgets, and get alerts when important changes happen. Right now, our listeners can get a six-week free trial of Optio. Go to optio.com slash sej, that's O-P-T-E-O dot com slash S-E-J to get started. And first up in the news this week, Twitter announced the launch of their version of Stories, and they're calling them Fleets. 
Hmm. BuzzFeed called it a tryhard name, but I like this name. It's a good name. It's cute. Yeah. It it's, rhymes. Yeah. I think it's cute. And fleeting. Fleeting thoughts. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, it's nice that they actually have a name for it. And not stories. Yeah. Well, because they really don't want you to call them stories. I'll get to that later. <laughs> <laughs> so they're going to disappear after 24 hours. They cannot be retweeted or liked. They cannot be replied to publicly. They can only be reacted to via DM. And they can only be accessed by tapping on a user's avatar. Sound familiar? Very. (laughs) (laughs) So shortly after the announcement, the hashtag RIP Twitter was trending worldwide because people really aren't happy about this. (laughs) Um, It was first announced by Kayvon Bakepour. Twitter's product lead and he said they're doing this because people don't feel comfortable tweeting and because the tweets can be seen and replied to by everybody publicly and he quote tweeted this guy named Will Rogers who I'm pretty sure does not want to be a part of this narrative <laughs> Will said, my draft folder is full of funny tweets <laughs> I'm so sad for him just be brave Will yeah it's yeah okay. put yourself out there and he that doesn't mean he wants stories that's true. It just means he needs more confidence. Mm-hmm. And maybe he wouldn't be so afraid to tweet it if Twitter had an edit feature. Can I get an amen? Yes. Oh, my gosh. Which is why people are so upset, because that's what people are actually asking for. And K-Bond said, we've been listening to this feedback and working on ways to create new capabilities that address some of the anxieties that hold people back from Twitter. How about an edit fu- button? What people actually <laughs> ask for? <laughs> it's unbelievable. You're not wrong. Anyway, these are live in Brazil right now, and the rollout appears to be continuing worldwide. And he ended it. Actually, I don't know if this was the end, but at one point he was like, I know what you're thinking. This sounds a lot like stories. Yes, there are many similarities with the stories format that will feel familiar to people, but there are also a few intentional differences to make the experience more focused on sharing and seeing people's thoughts. He didn't say what those differences were, and I didn't see any. They certainly weren't in the list you read to us earlier. <laughs> <Like, laughs> like, show on. us the receipts. Yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Kayvon. Did you say show us the receipts? <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> All right, next up, I hope you're listening, YouTube creators. If you are still using the old YouTube studio, be warned that it's going away in the coming weeks. It's already gone away, I think, for 10% of folks. It's going away for everybody very, very soon. So now is the time to get in there and get used to the new version if you haven't already. I don't know about you guys, but I'm one of those people that's like very reluctant to adopt a new interface when it comes mm-hmm. into something that I know and love. So I'm just a creature of habit. I, are you guys like that? Um, It depends. I think I'm always happy for new things, but I'm going to complain about it no matter what. <laughs> all right. I guess. I mean, that's, just because I can. That's all fair. But I, I mean, I appreciate a good heads up. Like you're going to be forced into something eventually. Try it now. Mm-hmm. I feel like that's good. So good on YouTube for putting this out there. But If you aren't using it yet, you're missing out on some cool stuff. So the Creator Insider channel released a video this week that was noting basically several new features that have already rolled out, but they're in the new version. So again, if you're using the old version, you don't have these. So try it out. The new features are a mid-roll ad editor, which lets you choose where ads will be placed within your video rather than leaving it up to YouTube to do that. I feel like that's really big. It's huge, I can't believe people couldn't do that before. I know. And YouTube claims that they try to do it where there's a natural pause in your video or somewhere where it makes sense, but it's really nice to have that control. Mm -hmm. Big deal. And then something that sounds kind of useless, but if you read the announcement or watch the video, it actually does offer some good insight. They now have notification analytics. So you can look into when notifications are sent, like that little bell if you have subscribers, Mm -hmm. and whether or not people are actually clicking on it or if it's not being delivered and maybe why. So it's actually pretty cool stuff that you're missing out on, again, if you're not in 
the new YouTube studio. So, hey, YouTube creators, I hope we've still got your attention because there's even more news for you this week. In an interview with Creator Insider, Jasmine from the YouTube analytics team announced that creators can now compare metrics side by side within the platform. So this new feature allows you to compare the relationship between two metrics over time to identify any correlations in performance. So this is available for any of the metrics that are currently within the YouTube analytics deep dive. So examples of comparisons creators may want to run include views versus comments. So you can see if videos are getting more comments compared to videos with similar views. And views versus revenue. So creators can see um, monetization capabilities and how much they're making per view. And views versus duration. So this one's really for assessing the quality of your views and make sure you aren't clickbaiting your viewers. This is also accompanied by easier period over period or year over year comparison. So now creators can quickly compare period-over-period performance, look at top videos from month to month, and see how their audience has changed over time. Lastly, creators who upload many different types of videos at different periods and times can now use the normalized deep dive that allows creators to compare performance for two similar videos rather than comparing a video against your top performing videos um, that have been published around the same time. So if you do a couple different types where you do like news videos or like live things, you can just compare only the video that most relates to the video you want to see how performance is doing for. You know, we've never really tried clickbait. (laughs) (laughs) See what happens when Marketing O'Clock tries clickbait. We should name this episode like Greg's Missing. (laughs) (laughs) Which boat is he on? Has he been kidnapped? (laughs) By the Star Trek people. (laughs) Trekkies? By Google. <laughs> yeah. He's been kidnapped by the Google Partners oh, program. Yes. Oh, oh my no. gosh. Okay. We're so good at clickbait. <laughs> <laughs> it's a talent. So this new feature really means that you don't need to export any data out of YouTube analytics and stare at Excel until you go blind <laughs> just to compare two metrics over time. Very nice. However, not all users on YouTube are in agreement that this feature is simple. Creator, how do you do that? Six comments. I took a look at the stuff and my brain left me. Joy emoji two times, but neat feature. <laughs> my brain left me. Is that what that emoji is called? The joy emoji? That's yeah. what it is in Slack. Yeah, so that's what I'm calling amazing. it. Yeah. It's like two little tears coming out of your eye because you're so joyous about these new okay. features and not having a brain. Well, good luck. How'd you do that? <laughs> Now it's time for this week's Take of the Week. This is a hashtag fire digital marketing take with extra spice served up for you. We simply deliver the take for your consumption. We give no opinions. We don't influence. You make the call. This week's Take of the Week comes to us courtesy of Michelle M. At Michelle with two L's. M-S-E-M on Twitter. (laughs) Great handle. We'll have it in the show notes. (laughs) So I think this is our first ever game Take of the Week. I'm excited. It's going to be fun. She says, new game. It's called Broad Match. One person starts by saying a word, then the next person says something they think it would match to using Broad Match. The best part is that since Broad Match is garbage, (laughs) you can really just say whatever you want. Ready? She uses coffee mug, but I have my own word. Okay. All right, you start. Who's going first after I say it? We should go in order, right? You mark me. Okay. That's fine. And then I'm going to go again. (laughs) We like structure. Yeah. Keep going. I like chaos. The word is shrimp. 
cocktail. <laughs> Martinis. Martini Buster. <laughs> Dave and Busters. <laughs> Dave Chappelle. <laughs> um, Chanel bag. That was a bit of a stretch. <laughs> we can end it there. Yeah. We get the point, though. It's kind of, it's like worse than playing telephone. It's what's the yeah. other thing? Free association, mm-hmm. right? That's what. Mm-hmm. This would be a great game for like an improv class. Yeah, it's a yes. fun game, but not when you're playing with people's money. Mm-hmm. Cough, cough. Google ads. Thanks, mm-hmm. Michelle with two L's. <laughs> this is something that you just might not have seen. Maybe something you overlooked, but you shouldn't have. I see why am I. Ross Tavendale, a.k.a. RTavs on Twitter, posted the following tweet this week. Pro tip. Name you, I think he means your, GA profile, something other than all website data, so it's easy to find and connect to services. FML, joy emoji, hashtag Google Analytics, hashtag data, hashtag analytics, hashtag why God why. Why God why. Well, this is a great example of why you want to edit your tweets and why we need that feature Twitter. Exactly. But So he shares, along with this tweet, which we'll have in the show notes, he shares a screenshot of whatever platform he's in that he's trying to connect with Google Analytics and the poor soul, all of the views are pulled in and they just say all website data. So this is good advice, right? And I I feel like all website data is the default that GA gives you. And I feel like a lot of us probably Mm -hmm. don't change it. Mm -hmm. But something I'd like to note that I never really thought about before until I was looking at this, Google is using web, capital W, space, site for website. I always thought it was one word. Well, it's interesting because in the same image, it's both ways. So it says all <gasps> website point. data is two words. And then when it says Google Analytics website, it's one word. This, this is, is a real mystery. Right? Do you think that's how the Brits do it or something? We so should I, ask Stephen Johns. Like a, <laughs> <laughs> maybe so it's just like a compromise. They got in a big fight over how it should be spelled. So like, fine, we'll like put one way. They're catering to both. Yeah. yeah. So I looked it up and I don't know what kind of authority Grammarist has, but I use it often. So it says <laughs> in regards to the web space site it says this relic of the 1990s has fallen out of favor throughout the english-speaking world the one word uncapitalized website now prevails by an overwhelming margin i just thought that that was interesting i didn't know that there was ever Mm -hmm. even a two-word version and we've probably been looking at this for years and never even talked about Mm -hmm. it and you could just solve the whole problem by actually naming them something that makes sense exactly so (laughs) i see why am i there you have it now it's time for this week's lightning round At this point in the show, we split up our content into three parts, paid, organic, and social. This week's paid lightning round is brought to you by Optio. Optio makes managing Google Ads accounts simple and efficient. It automates time-consuming manual tasks so you can spend more time on strategic or creative work. Whether you work at an agency with a large number of accounts or you're a freelancer responsible for a smaller portfolio, Optio can save you time and make life that little bit easier. Jess, how do you use Optio? So something really cool that Optio does that Google Ads doesn't, by the way, is look at root word performance and make recommendations around common terms in your account, not just individual keywords. So it's really cool. Say you're selling like cat merchandise and Optio sees that your keywords with kitten and them are performing a lot better than the keywords you have using cat. So it might recommend that you reduce bids on your keywords with the root word cat. So... Meow, that's pretty cool. <laughs> <laughs> to learn more and get a six-week free trial of Optio, go to optio.com slash S-E-J. That's 
O-P-T-E-O dot com slash S-E-J. And here's what's happening in the paid universe this week. If it's okay with you guys, I would like to get the Google partner requirements talk out of the way in the beginning here. Fair enough. Okay. So Jenny Marvin wrote a pretty lengthy article about this, and it talks particularly about the optimization score requirements as it is the most problematic part of this. And as we all know, they are requiring partner agencies to have a 70% optimization score, and optimization scores can be raised by implementing Google's automated recommendations. Dun, dun, dun. (laughs) (laughs) So the article discusses the expectations of agencies to manage these recommendations, these optimization scores, and how good the automation actually is. And she has quotes on both sides from people at agencies. She even got a quote from Greg from the boat, I guess. (laughs) Ahoy. (laughs) That's where he really is. (laughs) (laughs) And she got quotes from representatives at Google as well. So there's this one quote from the representative of Google that I wanted some feedback from you guys on. They Mm. said... Optimization score is one of the best signals for partners to determine if their campaigns are reaching the right customers for their clients effectively. No. How? <laughs> I, I think I need another sentence in there. There was. It was the, the next sentence was like, agencies can decide how they're going to implement them, but like, but that you can't. It still doesn't make sense. No. Then why are you grading me on whether or not I implement them? It's like you can't know if you're reaching the right audience if you don't add search partners. okay so these sentences weren't side by side but i'm gonna put greg's sentence as if he's responding to that because it kind of is a clap back he says the recommendations for the most part are not helpful to good agencies or anyone that should be fully trained and at partner status true he's not wrong retweet yeah (laughs) rebuy (laughs) and it also talks about the client partner badge that we set up at cypress north we have over 250 client partners today and if you'd like to become a client partner you can visit client.partners all you have to do is pledge that you'll always prioritize your client's best interest over any partner certification status so again very in-depth article i suggest everyone gives it a quick read Yeah, there's a lot of opposing points in there. So it's entertaining, Mm -hmm. for sure. You know how we feel about it, but see how others do. (laughs) And on that note, just in time for Greg's vacation, optimization scores and recommendations are now front and center in the Google Ads mobile app. Which you know he's checking on the boat, so he (laughs) saw this. (laughs) And they also added dark mode. That's nice. I feel like we tried to like (laughs) make that the headline. And then add the recommendations as like mm-hmm. a small thing. Well, no. they've gone to the dark side. Ooh. So account level scores will appear on the main overview screen when you open the app now. And next, Nextdoor plans on beefing up their advertising efforts in 2020, including the launch of a self-serve ad platform and an investment in data management to improve targeting. In the past, they've mostly sold ads by going directly to brands. But with these changes, they're hoping to get more agency business. So look forward to that. And a new report from eMarketer says that Amazon's sponsored product ad pricing is continuing to rise. The report looks at data from three firms who all reported a 12% to 16% increase in CPC for these ads during Q4 of 2019. I feel like we've had so many stories lately with these like crazy small sample sizes. It's true. Three firms? <laughs> was who that allowed? Do you need to say all if you're just talking about three? Yeah. Yeah. No. No. (laughs) (laughs) 
And next, the New York Times is lowering their forecasted ad revenue for the first quarter of 2020. They were already expecting a 10% dip in total ad revenue for Q1, but now they're projecting it to drop in the mid-teens percentage-wise. CEO Mark Thompson said the Times is experiencing, quote, a slowdown in international and domestic advertising bookings attributable, that's a mouthful, to uncertainty and anxiety around the coronavirus. And this is an indication of how the spread of the virus could cut off advertising revenue as brands and categories like retail and travel halt their spending. But, I mean, the hand sanitizer brands could, like, take those ad spots, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. Purell, where are you? I don't know. Not on the shelves. <laughs> it's all gone. You can't get it. <laughs> Maybe they're, like, quiet ads. Like, they're just cleaning up the ad spot instead. They're... Ooh, just wiping it down because someone else was there previously. I like that. <laughs> Great content ideas. <laughs> and next up, Spotted in the Wild by Andrea Cruz at Andrea Cruz 92 on Twitter. LinkedIn ads is making it easier for users to request direct sponsored content access directly in the interface. So when you're in Campaign Manager and try to click Create Ad, you don't have access to create an ad, now there's a button that says request access. You can just do it right there. You don't have to ping the page admin. That is really nice. Save yourself a step. And ahead of Super Tuesday, Google pulled ads for President Donald Trump, Bernie Sanders, and a political action committee supporting Joe Biden. But the news here is that there really isn't news because the content has been removed from the political ads database, so we don't know what rules they broke. Could have been a political ad violation or misinformation, or it could have been like a broken landing page link. (laughs) That's an important distinction. I'd like to know. (laughs) Just like a little bit. Oh, well. And finally here, Google announced changes to their attribution reporting yesterday in Google Ads. First, they changed the name from search attribution to just attribution. And you can find these reports under tools and measurement in the drop-down menu. They haven't moved, just the name. Available reports now include overview, top paths, path metrics, assisted conversions, and model comparison. Google says the revamped overview page helps better visualize customers' path to conversion. For example, you can see the percentage of customers who converted after multiple clicks on your ads. You'll also be able to see the percentage of customers who engage with your ads on each device and who did so using more than one device. I usually look at attribution and analytics, so... And I'm saying lots of A's and S's, and I would like to be done with paid. (laughs) (laughs) I think you are. And this week's organic lightning round is brought to you by Ahrefs. Ahrefs makes competitive analysis easy. Their tools show you how your competitors are getting traffic from Google and why. You can see the pages and content that send them the most search traffic. Find out the exact keywords they're ranking for and which backlinks are helping them rank. From there, you can replicate or improve on their strategies. If you're not getting significant search traffic, Ahrefs tools also help to find topics worth creating pages or content on. You can easily see estimated search volumes engage traffic potential with their Keywords Explorer tool. If you are getting search traffic, use features like their top pages report to break down which of your pages are bringing in the most traffic, then figure out how you can replicate this success. Shep, how do you use Ahrefs? So I primarily use Ahrefs as an organic tool, but it can be super helpful when building out paid search campaigns as well. In the Keyword Explorer tab, which just talked about last week, you can see CPCs on Google and Bing, and it breaks down the average monthly number of clicks for a search query broken out by organic and paid clicks, which I found fascinating just looking up like 
Kim Kardashian only had 3% paid. They have a seven-day trial for only $7. Head over to Ahrefs.com, that's Ahrefs.com, to sign up. Jess, what's happening in Organic this week? Lots is happening, and some of which has to do with coronavirus, so we're going to take the chef route and just cover the icky stuff in the beginning, get it out of the way. So first, the physical portion of the upcoming Google I.O. has been canceled, and Adobe also announced this week that their upcoming event, Adobe Summit, will be digital only. So no physical events for Google I.O. or Adobe Summit this year here in 2020. Both of these events have said that they're issuing refunds. So to all our listeners that had tickets to either of those, don't worry, they gotcha. And Google also said that anyone with tickets for this year will be given the option to buy tickets to their event next year, which is really nice because a lot of people on Twitter were complaining like, this is so hard to get tickets and I finally could and whatever. And it's like, yeah, but you don't want to get sick. Mm -hmm. Anyway, they'll have their chance in 2021. So that's nice. Meanwhile, in the Play Store, searches for coronavirus or is it COVID or COVID? I think people are saying COVID-19, COVID-19. Right? I, I don't know. I was so thankful for it today because I was doing tweets for the show. Oh. And it's less characters. <laughs> <laughs> Is that bad? Such no. a Twitter problem. <laughs> that's good. I'm glad yes, that that's COVID-19. your issue. Yeah. <laughs> so COVID-19 with the dash and other related terms are actually returning no results found as a message in the search results in the Play Store. But if you do COVID-19 with no dash, you get results, which include the official CDC app. So that's good. No one really knows why there's theories about why the results are missing. Some say it might be controlling for misinformation. Others say it might just be a bug. 9to5Google are the ones that reported on this. They had reached out to Google for an explanation as to what's going on, and they have yet to provide anything official. So stay tuned. Moving on from coronavirus, but on to something else nasty. There are eight WordPress plugins currently being exploited by super rude hackers. <laughs> so rude. <laughs> super rude. Like, why are you hacking sites, man? <laughs> or woman. These plugins. Right? You never know. <laughs> These plugins are Duplicator, Theme Grill Demo Importer, Profile Builder Plugin, Flexible Checkout Fields for WooCommerce, Theme Rex add-ons, async JavaScript, 10 web map builder for Google Maps, and modern events calendar light. So if any of those sound familiar, check the show notes and check your site. If you need any help, hit us up. We have a great technical team here at Cypress North. We could probably help you out. Moving on now to news that's not depressing. <laughs> Yay! <laughs> Yay! Google is discouraging repetitive use of FAQ structured data markup. This is according to updated developer guidelines that state essentially if you have the same question across multiple pages on your on your site, you should only mark up one version of that question. I feel like that seems like common sense, but mm -hmm. I guess they got to tell you. I mean, these are FAQs, people. They're not FMUQs, frequently marked up questions oh my gosh um, <laughs> right over my head. i anticipated crickets <laughs> i got them okay moving on crickets i thought we were done talking about bugs oh that was good you know it was funnier than my joke <laughs> <laughs> golf clap <laughs> All right. Earlier this week, Google Assistant's text-to-speech feature officially went live, allowing users to say, hey, Google, read this page to get the page read to them. So I'm kind of sad Greg isn't here for this one because I think he's the only one of us with an Android phone. Do you have, what do you have? No, do you have an, I have iPhone? an iPhone? Yeah, same. 
So his I'm, phone I have usually. Assimilated. I mean, they're better, but they don't have this feature yet, and we don't know when they will. That'd so Greg's nice. phone usually perks up when we talk about I this. I would stuff. like save articles for my drive home and have right? them read them to me. It's kind of a if nice only. feature, yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's mm-hmm. super cool, and for marketers which is who's listening. The good news is that you don't have to add anything to your site in order for this to work. So that's great. But if you want to block it for any reason, you can do that. And um, you can check the link in the show notes for more information on how to do that. But I guess that's nice if for some reason you don't want folks reading your stuff out loud. All right. Do y'all remember Brad of Thanks Brad fame a few episodes ago? (laughs) Unfortunately. He's back. (laughs) He's all over the place. (laughs) He's everywhere. There was a tweet back in February from at Google My Biz that said the following. Hey there. Car dealerships are eligible to have a page for each brand at the location as well as a page for the departments. Feel free to send us a DM if you have any other questions. Thanks. Brad. (laughs) Do you think he's a real guy? I hope he is. And I hope that he signs every, like, even his text messages to his mother from Brad. That brings up an interesting point of, like, what if you have, like, Twitter signatures? Ooh. Now there's a feature no one asked for. Because I need room for (laughs) (laughs) COVID-19. This is a really interesting tweet, though. It had a lot of people talking. So Google My Business expert Joy Hawkins dove into this to find out just how many listings a car dealership can have. And it turns out the answer is a lot. Brad was not wrong. You can have one for every brand that you sell, one for your sales department that's separate from repairs, one for your dealership as a whole. It's crazy. And used car dealers don't qualify for this, (gasps) I guess. Right? So not, not cool. fair. Discrimination. No. Exactly. So that, you know, thanks for nothing, Brad. <laughs> <laughs> you sound like me. <laughs> I'm trying. I'm trying to be more like you. Aww. I aspire to be like Shep. So by now you're probably aware that March 1st has come and gone. And remember, that's the day when part two of the nofollow change was supposed to happen, where nofollowed links are now going to be used as hints to discover new URLs. So you're probably wondering if anything's happened. I know we are. The answer is nobody knows, probably not. But Barry Schwartz at Rusty Brick on Twitter tweeted that the nofollow Google change is a policy change, but it doesn't seem Google has acted on it yet. And he then links to his article that goes way in depth into why this is the case. So I definitely recommend everybody read it. Lots of people had questions for John Mueller in a recent Webmaster Hangout um, about this. And his answers were basically that Google systems can do this now with nofollow, but it doesn't mean that they are. So it's all very, very cryptic if you're following the nofollow situation. It's probably because Danny Sullivan's on that cruise. <laughs> yeah, he doesn't know what to do. He's like, <laughs> it could happen, but it's not. I mean, and I don't want to paraphrase here, but it just sounds like somebody at Google could just decide they want to use it one day and like flip a switch yeah. and then all of a sudden everything's disrupted. It didn't actually sound like it would be that bad. Read the article. All right. Next here, Walmart has confirmed that Walmart Plus is going to be a thing and that it's a rebrand basically of the Delivery Unlimited program that they launched for groceries last fall. So far, those are about all the details we have on this. But we did talk a few episodes ago about the launch of Walmart advertising partners. So just keep an eye out on Walmart. We can expect probably big digital things from them. It sounds maybe like they're trying to be the next Amazon, but with a name like Walmart Plus. I hear Disney Plus. Yeah. And I'm expecting a Baby Yoda equivalent of like the happy face. I don't like the Plus stuff anyway for like search. It's very annoying. Mm -hmm. On my app, if I type Disney and start to do P, like it doesn't come up. Yeah, you have to like 
change your keyboard and hit mm-hmm. the plus, right? Yeah, it also just seems like lazy. Like we're, we need a new name. Disney could have done a, a better name. Yeah, I know. So Disney's got a huge creative team. Yeah, and Walmart especially because now they're just copying Disney who did a bad job. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> keep an eye out. We'll report on things as they happen there. Lastly, Google just announced on their Webmaster Central blog that, quote, we'll be switching to mobile-first indexing for all websites starting in September 2020. So I feel like most of us have already been living in this mobile first world, but for those that aren't, BFF of the show, Glenn Gabe, shared some wise words from John Mueller on Twitter, which I will read to you now. In particular, we recommend making sure that the content shown is the same, including text, images, videos, links, and that metadata, titles and descriptions, robots, meta tags, are in all structured data is the same. So. Good advice, sage advice, a lot of tweets going on around this, and we'll also have the link in the show notes to the official announcement from Google. That's it for organic. Mark, what's going on in social? Well, today we've got even more coronavirus and more stories, but most importantly, a lot of news on TikTok. (laughs) But we'll start with Facebook. So Messenger by Facebook, all caps, (laughs) has begun rolling out a new streamlined version of its app on iOS as part of Project Lightspeed. It's just, you know, that's Star we Trek still, cruise. Oh, it is? <laughs> no. <laughs> <laughs> we believed you. <laughs> Do I still have to have it downloaded all the time if I ever want to open a message on my phone? Probably. I hate them. So after cutting code down 84%, Messenger is now, um, it starts two times faster and is about a quarter of the size on your phone. So users have not been known to complain about the speed of the app, but they say that the new design makes it easier to navigate with the most notable difference being the removal of the discover tab a mouthful a chef would say <laughs> according to facebook this is an important step to making messaging faster and simpler for users and will lay the foundation for creating a better messaging experience across all facebook apps vp of engineering mark andre said a faster start time may not matter as much if you only open an app once or twice a day to play a game or watch a movie, but it makes a huge difference when you open an app many times a day to respond from messages from the people who matter most. Nice little I only use strings. it for Facebook Marketplace. Which, the first time I read this <laughs> quote, and I like saying it aloud, like I'm realizing what it's actually saying, but I went... Wait, like people use Messenger to play games and watch movies? <laughs> and <laughs> that, that was, was my, my initial thought. thought. And I was like, am I the one to know this? But now I'm realizing that he's saying like, no, Messenger is important because you use it to message people and not play games and watch movies. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on to the all-important TikTok. The World Health Organization has joined um, TikTok to fight coronavirus misinformation. So Gen Zers, a move aside, your videos aren't the only thing going viral on TikTok right now. Ooh, pun award. (laughs) Thank you. I gladly accept it. (laughs) So the World Health Organization launched a TikTok account last Friday as part of its efforts to correct coronavirus misinformation online and educate the public on preventing contracting coronavirus. According to the MIT Technology Review, this is part of a multi-pronged approach where the World Health Organization and Centers for Disease Control and Prevention um, are executing across Facebook, Twitter, Tencent, and TikTok. So moving more in TikTok news, (laughs) as we do, if you're one of the TikTok influencer elites that has access to the exclusively invitation-based experience system... Funny you should ask. (laughs) (laughs) Known as Creator Marketplace... (laughs) Well, TikTok has new analytics tools for you, you elite bunch. 
<laughs> if you haven't received an invite or if you're just unfamiliar, Creator Marketplace is TikTok's native influencer marketing solution that brands can use to identify relevant TikTok users. Um, I want to call them TikTokers. But Anybody know? Is that a thing? Oh, I don't think so. Really? I would call them. I would like to. That's the I don't response. know if they have a name. I think... It's just a verb. You TikTok. I think I'm branding them TikTokers. So I don't know if it's take note, Gen Z. That's what you're called now. <laughs> um, so you can identify relevant TikTok users to engage for an influencer marketing campaign. So the new analytics options in this tool will provide data on important influencer campaign metrics, such as views, engagements, engagement rate, and audience breakdown, which includes markets, gender, age range, and device. So you can better understand campaign impact and optimize future campaigns. Speaking of TikTok, so as spotted by Jane Minchin Wong at Wong M. Jane on Twitter, Instagram, which is no stranger to borrowing ideas from other video platforms. <laughs> hey, Snapchat stories. Jane didn't say that. You did. Oh, no. She <laughs> spotted this. <laughs> that was me. But I'm giving Jane credit for finding this information out. She was not the one yes. throwing shade. Right. The shade is all mine. <laughs> Thank you for clarifying. I need a flashlight to so, see through that shade. <laughs> what Jane found is that um, Instagram is testing a video response option for IGTV, which is similar to TikTok's video reactions that would allow viewers to respond to creators with videos of their own. So it appears that Instagram is trying to recreate the popular reactions and duets that are core to TikTok in order to incentivize creators to post to the platform. Yeah. (laughs) Good job, Instagram, copying even more social networks. So we've got even more new and exciting content features from Facebook in all caps. So back in 2018, um, Facebook rolled out 3D photo features, um, but those ones relied on dual lens portrait mode um, in higher end smartphones, like the new iPhone that has all those crazy cameras has portrait mode. Um, (laughs) However, Facebook recently announced that this immersive format will now be available to anyone with an iPhone 7 or higher or a recent mid-range or better Android device. So now anyone can make 3D photos on the Facebook app. Just don't take them of me. (laughs) Anyone can go to the Search Engine Journal YouTube channel and get some screen grabs to make 3D photos of shots. But I was going to say, if anyone's watching on YouTube, they should tell us if we're touching our face. We need to stop. Oh, yeah, that's right. Oh, I just moved my arms a lot. (laughs) I definitely have been touching my face all day. That's how you spread germs. Mm -hmm. But anyways. Some some Purell that's not on the show. So after you've grabbed that photo of Shep, you can use this feature. Users simply need to update their app Look for the 3D photo option that appears when publishing a new post. Tap 3D photo and select an image of Shep from your camera roll, <laughs> and you can make that 3D photo and post it on your Facebook. Of Shep. It's it's only a 3D Shep. Photo of Shep. <laughs> the moment we've all been waiting for new stories coming to a social network. Oh my gosh. Which one? Haven't we already talked about this? <laughs> no, it's not Fleet, it's not Twitter. LinkedIn is rolling out stories. No, thank you. Mm-mm. I'd rather have them on Twitter than LinkedIn. <laughs> we don't need them in either, but... Well, it looks like you don't I'm have done. much of a choice. <laughs> so Pete Davies, Senior Director of Product Management at LinkedIn, announced in a post that they're hopping on the stories bandwagon <laughs> in an effort to drive conversations on the platform. They're citing a 25% increase 
and year-over-year conversations in the feed as a reason to do this. So the push for stories is accompanying a lot of their other new conversation-oriented features, such as newsletters, live video, trending news, and reactions, which is interesting to loop those all together. Yeah. But they're currently testing this internally, so it hasn't been rolled out to all users, but they plan to within the coming months with no clear timeline announced. So the the intention here is to create a place for casual conversation on LinkedIn, (laughs) similar to a coffee shop or like a quick cubicle interaction. They say that sometimes we want a way to just make a connection, have a laugh with our colleagues, and move on. And I think we should move on from LinkedIn stories. I just feel like because LinkedIn is supposed to be kind of businessy, right? I mean, that's the point. So you're at like a conference and you're like, sup, I'm here. But then everyone's afraid of coronavirus. So you're the only one at the conference. <laughs> so you're showing yourself lonely at a, a conference. Yeah, on assuming your that it hasn't LinkedIn been canceled. Story. I almost said Instagram instead of LinkedIn, which is how unnatural this is. Those are the only stories I use, by the way. I don't mm-hmm. know about you guys, but stories elsewhere can just yeah. But I was a big detractor of Instagram stories at first, so maybe this will catch on for me. But no, I, I don't think this so. will catch on no. for you. No, I, I was using that evidence of past experience. But anyways, Davies said last year we started asking ourselves what stories might look like in a professional context, to which I say, why? <laughs> <laughs> Surprisingly, contrary to what we're talking about here, the feedback on Davies post is overwhelmingly positive. Lots of <sighs> questions. People are exciting, sharing why they're excited. That's because they're LinkedIn people. Yeah, they're just excited about a new thing. Yeah, and they just want everyone to see their comments and how engaged they yeah. are. I hate them. stories not the people sorry (laughs) yes but i really stand with this one linkedin member who responded this is not tiktok frowny face (laughs) that brings us to our real life segment straight out of our accounts and into your ear holes it's time for working hard or hardly working where we talk about what's going on in our irl work good bad or otherwise so shep what's been happening in your accounts lately I had a fun discovery this week when looking at location targeting in Google Ads. I found some universities that you can target the campus. So that's useful. You know, I don't know if it's working hard or hardly working, but you can do it. What about you? So I've got something that's working hard in particular when I was working on my notes today for the show. I noticed that Google Docs now has that fun feature that's been in Gmail for a while where it predicts what you're going to write and you could just hit tab and it pops it in there. I don't know how long this has been in here. I just noticed it today and it saved me a lot of time. I I noticed it it once. You did use it. I did use it. It kind of knew what I was going to say. I still haven't even gotten used to it in Gmail. I don't know. Oh, I love it. Oh, it messes me up so often. Like I like it when I like it, but sometimes... It just like really throws me Because I like read what they suggest instead of just finishing my thought. Mm. And it's not always the same. Like maybe I just say the same things over and over again because I feel like it knows me pretty well. But (laughs) to each their own. Mark's up with you. Well, this is also something that's not very new, but I just started using recently. So last April, LinkedIn announced that it would enable skill targeting within the ads platform. So you could target people based on the skills that they have on their LinkedIn profile. And I recently started using this for a client. It's an integration platform. 
And a core part of their product is that it works best with Salesforce. So job title targeting really isn't enough for this product. And I wanted to use skills to make sure the people I'm targeting actually use Salesforce, Mm -hmm. which is awesome. I think this could have a lot of great applications. Mm -hmm. So you could use this like if your product works really well with other products, you could target people based on that. Um, Or you can target your competitors. Really a lot of great applications here with skills. Yeah, much better LinkedIn feature than stories. Now it's time for this week's WTH. Misguided. You're like, who does that? <laughs> Just get rid of it. I'm over it. Where we rant, rave, and roll our eyes about a trending digital marketing topic. What are we coming to? Honestly. See what had us asking. W-T-H. This week. Andrew Waltz is a proven business leader and a passionate advocate for students. Waltz a Republican from Rhode Island, is running for Congress with the tagline, let's make change in Washington together. How nice. Yeah, I like that. It's positive. Mm-hmm. So, earlier this month, Waltz's account received a coveted blue check mark from Twitter as part of the company's broader push to verify the authenticity of candidates currently running for office. This is reportedly part of Twitter's effort to help Americans identify reliable information on politics leading up to the 2020 election. Here's the catch. (laughs) Waltz is actually a very well-to-do internet troll. (laughs) I picture him with a cane. He's (laughs) well-to-do. I think he has a monocle. (laughs) Oh, for sure. A 17-year-old high school student who does not appear to have a monocle or a cane, but maybe he does theater, uses those. I don't know. Was testing Twitter's election integrity efforts while he was bored over the holidays. What a sweetie. (laughs) (laughs) He really cares about democracy. The children will save us. Probably for a civics project. You can't be mad at him. I'm not mad at him. He said he did it because he was bored, not for a project. That's like crazy. Like how like the resources. So like the fact that they say the fact that a teenager is able to do this with very little effort or resources and just like effort. Like he was bored. Like this isn't like a passion project. He said he was bored and that's why he did it. That just speaks like volumes to like Twitter's process here for providing these coveted um blue check marks. Okay, but I once took out all the pink sprinkles. In a sprinkle thing. <laughs> was it a civics project? <laughs> no, I used to work at an ice cream place. <laughs> and there was no Wi-Fi. Well, there are clearly better ways to use your time. Oh, I reiterate that the children will save <laughs> Yeah, the youth is dismantling Twitter. They don't need stories to do that for them. <laughs> So a Twitter spokesperson recently told one publication, our worst case scenario is that we verify someone who isn't actually the candidate. Well, worst case scenario achieved. You did it. I still don't think that's worse than stories, though. Or I don't know why I keep saying stories. We really should be using fleets fleets, because that is a great name. Despite not really liking them, I I I love love the the name. name. So the account has since been suspended, but this comes on the heels of an actual primary candidate in Georgia not being able to get verified, which she claims hurt her donations. Ooh, that's not good. No, No. what a scandal. Like, and I'm like, why did she have such a hard time while this Republican 
Republican, the so-called Republican from Rhode Island, who is a 17-year-old boy who just wants to make change in Washington, the most like blase campaign slogan that's ever been used. So generic was able to get approved. Like he was acting like a bot. Like he did it. He got him. <laughs> He's a well-to-do intellectual. <laughs> he should run once he's of age. He probably oh, definitely. Should. Yeah. <laughs> and that brings us to the Petri dish, which is our segment of segments where we just throw things out and let them fester. Okay, so our first segment today is called Soft G. <laughs> Google has launched a few tools to make it a lot easier to find the right GIF, GIF. for your conversation. Soft G is GIF. <laughs> So this one lets you search for a celebrity or fictional character in a drop-down box, and it displays the type of emotions or reactions that are most associated with them and vice versa. Okay, I'm going to give you each one really quickly, a celebrity, and you have to tell me the biggest um, emotion. If you get into the top seven, I'll give it to you. Okay? Okay. Okay, Mark, you get Britney Spears. Crazy. Oh, is that not emotion? <laughs> <laughs> so there's alone, and it's Britney crying in the Lucky video. There's cry. She looks like she's on The Bachelor here crying. Oh. Happy, she's blowing out candles of a birthday cake. Dance, she's dancing. I think I saw that tour. That's also not an emotion. <laughs> so yeah. I wasn't off with crazy. No, you well, weren't. Whatever. This tool says it's an emotion. Okay, Jess. You're I'm, an emotion. I have decided that you will be given Mariah Carey. Ooh. But first I have to find her. Okay, here she is. Let's think of some. Here she is. Emotions. Okay. That's one of her songs. I knew that. You got me feeling <laughs> emotions. I didn't know okay. that. Glitter. <laughs> is that emotion? No. It was a film that she was yes. in. It was phenomenal. I was, was going to say that. I wasn't positive, so I didn't want to throw it out yeah, there. No, you, you were right. I don't know. Mariah Carey, she's like always shrieking, hitting the high notes. None of these are emotion. Happy? No, Happy's uh, number one. Oh, yeah. She's going like, she's she's covering her mouth and crying. Why? Did Nick Cannon like She's just so happy pizza? she's crying. I don't know. She's married to him, right? You won. Don't ask questions. Okay. I won't. <laughs> All right. Our next segment here in the Petri Dishes survey says... Most people apparently still here in 2020 aren't aware that Facebook owns Instagram. And this is according to a survey conducted by The Verge. But they tried so hard. They the tried capitals. so hard. <laughs> they tried so hard. So when we say most people, 38% of the survey respondents knew that Facebook owns Instagram. So most is obviously 100 minus 38, whatever that is. Someone get a calculator. So the other thing that I thought was really interesting was in the same survey, 47%, so it's almost half, but still not the majority of people, knew that Google owns YouTube. And I don't know if it's just because we work in this industry, but I thought that that was pretty common knowledge. So half, more than half people did not know that. Yeah. I don't know. Did you guys know that Nestle owns Fancy Feast? <gasps> no, but they should. Yeah. This got me <laughs> thinking, like, who's out there owning things that we don't realize? It's like five companies that don't have everything yeah that's that's a an infographic and that's where i got a lot of my information but it's all like food related so i tried to find something else and i thought that i read once that clorox owns hidden valley ranch and they do i looked it up they also own burt's bees though which kind of bummed me out i like to think burt's bees is a small brand you think they're, they're just not. like living in a cabin yeah it's just that, that man on the label yeah. mr burt yeah <laughs> no Clorox owns it. Anyway, so yeah, survey says there's lots of other stats. We'll have the article in the show notes, but people don't know who owns what. Survey says. And now for this week's cool tool. 
As a reminder, our Cool Tools segment is not an official endorsement or paid mention. We're simply sharing something we found in our travels that may be of use to our listeners and is really, really cool. This week's cool tool is ExclusionSites.com. It is a free, aptly named tool that generates lists of websites that you can then exclude from your display campaigns based on various criteria that you select. So for things like maybe brand protection, if you want to correct against showing up next to gambling sites or conspiracy content, other unsavory things. They also have performance things that you can filter for. So sites with very high or very low click-through rate on ads, which I thought was really interesting. There's a couple other things in there as well. So you can generate these lists and save them in your account, and then you can export and copy them whenever you need, and you can apply them to your display campaigns as placement exclusion. So it's really, really easy to use and takes just seconds to get started. So if you're running display campaigns, it's worth a try. Head on over to exclusionsites.com and check it out. Now it's time for our must-read marketing article of the week. An article so advanced, so in-depth, so detailed that we simply cannot cover it in its entirety on today's show. This week's must-read article of the week comes from Mike King at iPollRank. It's time to reconsider rank tracking. So as we all know, Google has continued to flood the search engine results pages with more features, but we are still tracking rank as if it's just 10 listings on a page, nothing else. That's how tools rank everything. So Mike has this well-thought-out and rather hot take (laughs) um, that shares insight into how rank tracking tools need to adapt given Google's recent attempts to change the layout and appearance of the search engine results pages. So Mike describes the importance of being able to give context to a page's rank rather than just a number, um, explains rank tracking shortcomings despite being a necessary feedback loop for organic marketing, and proposes a new rank tracking score that takes into account how people would actually engage with a certain page's listing compared to all other elements on the search engine results page. And this includes ads, structured snippets, AMP carousels, knowledge panels, locations, you name it. It's all kind of included in this consideration for his new kind of rank that he proposes. So thank you, Mike. All right, that does it for today's show. Thank you to our sponsors, Ahrefs and Optio. Oh, and if you're looking for another great podcast, don't miss the Search Engine Journal show. This week, Brent talks to Davis Wynn, founder and CEO of My Consulting Offer, and they're talking about customer testimonials. Davis has a lot of experience with video testimonials and says 89% of his clients say the video testimonials were what won them over and made them do business with his company. So he has a lot of great tips in here. Check it out. It is now officially not Marketing O'Clock. Remember, you can catch everything from this show on marketingoclock.com. While you're there, please be sure to subscribe so you don't miss a single episode. And we will see you next week. Thanks for listening to Marketing O'Clock, part of the Search Engine Journal Podcast Network. If you're looking for more information on today's topics, head over to marketingoclock.com for links to all the articles that we covered. And please be sure to subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. Welcome to this week's episode of Shooting the Heck, where after our famous Friday news show, we don't talk about marketing anymore, we just shoot the heck. And this week, I think we're going to play everybody's favorite game. Yeah. Uh, yeah. What do you got My for favorite. <laughs> okay. Um, I didn't come up with a fun name because I just realized you should, but the game is Celebrity Babies Name the Parents. Oh, yes. That's yes. aptly named. <laughs> <laughs> I think I start kind of easy and then get harder, so...
Here do we, we go. Do we wait, wait, in? wait. Just explain the rules. Oh, I'm going to say the name <laughs> of the baby. Some of them are more than one baby. Oh, but they're... are you just saying the first name? Yes. Okay. Actually, some of them have middle names that add to the first name. But if the middle name doesn't add to the first name, then I won't say it. And do we have to get both parents right? Just one. Okay. Maybe you can have bonus points if you get two. Oh, shoot. I have Ooh. to cheap, keep track of the score. Yes, you do. <laughs> yes, you do. With this great is power intense. comes great responsibility. <laughs> okay. Here's the first name. The first name is a double. They're twins. Mm. Moroccan and Monroe. Why are you staring at me? Are you kidding? They call him Rock and Roll. That's dumb. We talked about her in the show today. Chanel? <laughs> Mariah Carey. Wait, and I was about to oh. s- <laughs> You <laughs> cut me off. Apple. Jess. Yes. Gwyneth Paltrow. You didn't know that, Hope? I'm not good at babies. <laughs> you got so excited just, when this game I'm started. I'm Yeah, I'm excited for every game. You didn't know but... Apple Paltrow? <laughs> Do you know both of their the parents? Is no. it Chris Martin? Yeah. Is it his so baby as well? Points. Yeah. I just decided that's a rule. Okay. I'll take it. Exton. Oh, God. <laughs> Who are these parents? I'm just E-X-T-O-N. Exton. Okay, you're a bunch of losers. Wait, Mark Do you have a guess? guess. Oh, I'm just, I really do not know. I'm just Wait. about to throw something out there. Tony Braxton. No. Exton Braxton. <laughs> yeah, yes. that's a great name. I love that for her, though. <laughs> I can't I don't even think. know if she has kids. Is it like, is it Brad Pitt's kids? No. Shoot. That's a good guess, though, because they all have X's. Do you want to guess? I won't take away points. Yeah, I'll guess. Someone in the royal family. No. No. Are you kidding? It's all of the kids names are Charles. Or something. <laughs> It no. is the child, <laughs> Robert Downey Jr. and Susan Downey. Oh, Iron Man? Ugh, I should have known. Okay. <laughs> I thought those might be easy. No. Ready See, the for thing these? Is, this is the game that you would be good at. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> these names are Poppy Honey Rosie, comma, Daisy Boo Pamela, comma, Buddy Bear, and Petal Blossom Rainbow. <laughs> these are incredible. Just. Someone in Honey Boo Boo's family. No. I made I made sure all these celebrities were people I had heard of. You had heard of. Yeah, I don't know about you. Yeah. Um, who hmm. has kids? Who has kids? Who has kids? <laughs> <laughs> Is it Katy Perry? No. She's having a... She's just pregnant. Haven't you seen the music video? No. I, no this is a shock to me. <gasps> Joe Jonas' kid? Clearly you don't watch the Today Show during the 8 o'clock hour. I, no. I, I don't. Because you're already at work. I'm, I'm, dri- I'm, dr- I'm driving here. <laughs> so do you have a guess? Um, yeah, no. These are three kids, right? These are the children of celebrity yeah, chef of- Jamie Oliver. Oh, I have oh. no idea who oh. that is. Actually, I want to double check that. Jamie <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, he's a celebrity chef. Okay. I don't know celebrity chefs. Yeah. Next baby name. Fuchsia. Actually, I would guess that this isn't a baby anymore. Mark. Oh. Pink? No. That's <laughs> <not>. <laughs> nice. Nice. That's my only guess. It's not a baby anymore, so it's a grown person. Teenager? <laughs> um, is it a girl? Well, there's a mother, but I don't know her. Oh. <laughs> there has to be a mother. Uh, this is a guy. I meant is the baby a girl. Oh, I have no idea. I assume a name like Fuchsia. Okay, so it's a male celebrity. Um, Steve Carell? No. The first two letters were right. Guess what's your, ju- Jess, what's your guess? Steve-O. Sting. 
Wow. Hey, this is my last one, and this has been boring because you're all not good at it. (laughs) Thanks. I can't believe Kim Kardashian is not on this list. Everyone would know her. That's all I've been waiting for. Laser Lee, laser spelled L-A-Z-E-R, Louis Pence. Mark. (laughs) Yes. Kamarly Simmons. No. <laughs> <laughs> that was an amazing ball, though. I miss her. Okay, Jess. Uh, I've heard this before, though. Laser? The, I didn't know this person had a baby. I, Post Malone. No, but like, you're kind of, you're I've on the right track. Heard I Post name. Malone? She's on the right track. Kind of like same um, popularity year. This person's relevant. And they're a singer? No, they're a musician. <laughs> No, they're a musician. Is it the guy? No. It's Diplo. You all lost. Just Diplo. Wait, the thing is, I've like heard that name. Does Diplo play with Duplo blocks? Diplo is the person who filmed Joe Jonas and Sophie Turner's wedding. Of course, Jessica. How did you not know this information? I don't know how I didn't know. Must have slipped my mind. The first one in Vegas. Okay. I don't know how to end this. We will see you next week. (laughs)